Hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas, and we're here with Not the Pastor. We're excited about the interview that we have today with Brother Jude Buffington. Now, Brother Jude is the sound man at Southwest Baptist Church. He's helped in a bunch of different ways at Heartland Baptist Bible College in the sound department, getting things going there. He has also been a professional sound technician in pro audio for a number of years, DJing on the radio. He's done all kinds of different things. You're going to enjoy this conversation. One note that would be helpful for you as we go into this episode, he mentions that he hosted or taught an MRI. That's a ministry refresher institute that Heartland Baptist Bible College puts on in May every year. And so he hosted a class and taught a class during that ministry refresher institute about sound and audio tech. And so we're going to cover some of the things that he taught in that class. And so you want to hear this. It's going to be a good time. Here we are with the Jude Buffington. All right. So here we are with the Jude Buffington and so excited to have him on the show today. Jude, can you just tell us the story? How, how did you get, how did you originally get involved with audio tech? Hey, uh, thanks for having me uh, on the podcast. I do want to say just right off the bat that I do have a mental condition. <laughs> and every time I get in front of a microphone, it's what is the stupidest thing I can say? So just to let you know that you may have to heavily edit this. <laughs> I love it. Thomas, why are you laughing? <laughs> I, I'm not laughing. <laughs> What are you talking about? I'm having a great time over here. So, so to the end listener, if things don't make sense, it's probably because it had to be heavily edited. <laughs> okay. Um, get those disclaimers out of the way real quick. <laughs> uh, I got into audio in 1999. I was born and raised in Montana. Uh, and so 1999, I started working at a radio station, maybe as late 98. 98 to 99 is when I started working at a radio station. Um, it was a country station, KBLL. And at first I started doing just some overnight shifts. And then uh, uh, also the station had an AM side and then there's an oldies. So we had two AM stations and an FM. And then before too long, I was starting to pull regular shifts and then I'd rotate around. But most of the time I would do uh, like an evening shift. But that's, that's how I got into audio was uh, being a DJ. Wow, that's awesome. Where did that go from there? You've done live events and stuff like that as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So in, in 1999, I moved to Oklahoma City to go to Heartland for college. And uh, with being there about three, four days, they said, oh, you're a DJ. Yeah, of course, as a DJ. And they're like, we need we need somebody to run sounds. like, I can run sound. I was a DJ, which, which that live sound and working at a radio station, even a recording studio is completely different from each sure. other. So they threw me on a traveling group and I had no idea what a soprano was or a tenor, an alto, a bass. I, I had no idea, but I knew where the mute button was. So that's, that's how I got started into audio, uh, doing live. And then I think it was uh, fall of 2000, I uh, got hired in Oklahoma City at an audio contractor, Audio Associates, and that's where I learned a lot. So I was there five years uh, with Audio Associates and did a lot of installs, uh, rentals, service work. So that's that's my beginning side of of what I do. Uh, yeah. I have Audio Buff, uh, that's named after my last name, Buffington. So that's how I got started. 
So then on the ministry side of things, mm-hmm. of course, you are the sound sound guy at Southwest Baptist Church. Um, I, I prefer the title sound pastor. Sound pastor. Yes. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I, I think that most uh, most sound guys would prefer sound pastor. So I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> so uh, Very good. So sound pastor at Southwest Baptist Church. Southwest Baptist Church, sound pastor or church DJ, one of the two. Just depends what mood I'm in. This is my 19th year of running sound at, at Southwest, which is phenomenal. Uh, it was, let's see, uh, Pastor Gaddis has been there now 10 years. So it's been 10 years running under him and then nine years under Brother Sam Davison. Things are, are different in, in the leadership style. And you probably learned to adapt, I mean, to some of that. So how you lead for Brother Sam was different than how you yeah, lead yeah, with um, Brother Gaddis. Brother Gaddison and I are, are more in contact with each other on on how sounds run, what he's looking for, what his expectations are. When any preacher gets up in our pulpit, especially our, our pastor, I want them to be so relaxed that they don't even need to worry about the sound or me, that they know once they get there, everybody's going to hear them. It's going to work right the first time. So I, I strive really hard with letting preachers know that. And then even even the singers, I want them to know that once once it's showtime or go time, uh, that 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 everything that they do is going to be faithfully reproduced 100%. That's something I work with people a lot on sound. I tell them, treat the, the mixing console like a musical instrument. And, and it, it was about eight years ago, I finally realized that you got the same piano in the church, but you have multiple different piano players and everybody's going to bring a different style to that same instrument. Miking doesn't change, the EQ doesn't change, the instrument doesn't change. The only thing that's changing is the person. So you think about that with, with live audio, I strive really hard to have my personality, good or bad, uh, just shine through that mix. And so I, I'm, I'm treating that mixing console as a musical instrument. That's good. That's what we want with this episode. If we can help accomplish or replicate that in other churches, because I, I'm thrilled that Southwest Baptist Church has that in you. But I, I'm hoping that there will be some sound men who will be listening to this or some individuals who are over the the audio at their church even if they're not directly yes yeah, sound pastors <laughs> <laughs> hopefully some of those individuals will be listening to this and so I, I realize that there are about a thousand different directions we could go on topics right now but if we could just maybe spend a few minutes talking about what are the fundamentals that some that we need to be focusing on whenever it comes to that that live sound within our services what could you share with us what, what some of those fundamentals would be? Yeah. Last year, I think it was last year that we did this, did a, did an MRI session and I did the six fundamentals of live sound. And so here's what I try to help people with. The sound starts and it ends in an acoustic environment. So, so digital is really popular and, and there's a lot of things that digital can do for us, but our voice is analog and our ears are analog. So sound originates and it, and it ends in an acoustic environment. So, so I came up with six fundamentals, just trying to hit the highlights of the whole sound reproduction. And so uh, number one is the voice. So one of the things that, that I try to work with people on is before you ever capture sound into your sound system, you need to make sure we're using the right microphones. We need to make sure we're holding them right. We need to make sure that the singers are, are using them, the preachers are using them correctly. Good sound system is not going to fix a bad voice or improper use of equipment. So we, we start with the voice in, in, the, in the acoustic environment. Then we'll go to the microphone, which is the input transducer. Uh, I call that the gateway into our sound system. Uh, so then from the microphone, then we we have the electronics. Then from the electronics, we go 
out to the speaker. The speaker is the output transducer, so it's doing the exact opposite that a microphone's doing. Then I talk about room acoustics, and then finally, the ear. The ear is the final destination for the sound. And so from the, from the voice to the ear is, is, is a lot happening. A lot's happening between, between those, the voice and the ear. And one of the reasons why sound's so difficult is because every one of us have conversations every day. And so we all have a natural bias towards the way it should sound and the right volume. And so trying to duplicate all of that instantly in an in a ever-changing environment of a live event, a live show, a live service, it can be really challenging to, to nail that. So uh, that's, that's why I broke it down into those six areas. Maybe we could just march through those. Talked a little bit about the voice there, but maybe maybe we could just dive into those. Maybe those six. Mm-hmm. You, you said that you did that MRI, and we'll link that in our show notes so people can yeah. go in and get the full classroom experience. One of the metrics we use in Pro Audio is the percentage of alcons. So that's A L C O N S, and that is the per- the percentage of articulation loss through consonants. So in in mass gatherings, there's going to be a critical measurement called life safety. In theaters, in stadiums, in sporting events, parking garages, malls, businesses, churches, in an emergency, you have to be able to be able to get the consonant out to every ear and you're only allowed a 5% window. You can only lose 5% of your consonants in a life safety environment. So, so that, that's where we start is, is trying to get everybody to understand how, how does our ear hear sound? How, how, yeah. do, how do we differ, differentiate words? How do we differentiate vowels and, and consonants, right. syllables, and doing that in, in a real-time environment? So again, talking with the voice. And, and then in this MRI session I did, I mainly focused on the spoken word. Uh, and the spoken word is going to be a lot harder to duplicate than, than, than music or than somebody singing. So starting with the voice, are we using the right microphone for the application? What preaching mic are we using? What, what type of polar pattern uh, are we using on that individual Talking about Brother uh, Sam Davison, the way his teeth are shaped, the way his mouth is shaped, he would blow a lot of air straight down onto his microphone. And, and we, we just got a lot of plosive consonants. Plosives would be just any of those P-pops, T's, B's, stuff like that. So understanding how Brother Sam's voice or how his denture is made up, understanding that helped us choose the right microphone for the application. So like with a lapel mic, if you got more of a boomy uh, voice, a lot of that's going to vibrate through your chest into the side of the microphone. The length of your tongue all affects the different the different sounds that come out of your mouth. Uh, nasal nasal tones. Do you have like a big palate, a cleft palate area? How are you How are you pronouncing your words? Are you singing in the very back of your throat? Are you straining your vocal cords or your vocal flaps and and getting the strained sound? Are you having to arch your back to hit those high notes? So those are all things that we start with. So trying to understand how can we get the voice as good as we can before it enters into the microphone. Then once it comes into the microphone, and and like I was starting to talk about with, um, with Brother Sam, understanding how a microphone is going to react to his his voice and, and his, his facial makeup is really important. So microphones uh, have different pe- uh, pickup patterns, uh, supercardioid. Uh, sometimes they're interchanged with hypercardioid. Uh, you have a cardioid, uh, omnidirectional figure eight. All of those pickup patterns all have a place, 
but we got to understand how we use those pickup patterns to get sound from the source into the sound system. And, and as I've already said a couple times, live PA is the hardest type of sound because you're trying to amplify what's happening live and get it to every ear in the auditorium or the stadium. Without losing the, those consonant sounds as yeah, well, yeah. right? Trying to get those consonants and their articulation captured in, into the microphone. Uh, that, that's where a, a lot of churches will, will buy cheap microphones. Uh, I just spoke with a church a couple days ago. They, they were wanting to buy four wireless mics. They found them online for as like 160 bucks. But I told them, I said, unless if you, unless if you only have $165, don't buy it. Right. Wait, save up your money and buy good quality microphones because if you never get a good sound coming into your system, you'll never get a good sound coming out. So microphones are really important. It's the gateway into our sound system. So if a church is trying to figure out, okay, where do I start upgrading? Most of the time I'll point them towards the microphones. Start with the microphones. Get good sound coming into your sound system. Because a lot of times if you replace your house speakers and people are like, we just spent $1,500, $2,000 on new house speakers, and, and it still sounds junky. They're not going to be as apt to want to spend more. Uh, so I tell most churches, if you got a limited budget, start with microphones. Get a good sound coming in, and you'll probably get a better sound coming out. So then the next point, the third point is the electronics. And, and there's a whole gamut that we could talk about with electronics. But what I try to do is I try to keep it as simple as possible. So we'll, we'll just talk about like the mixing console. Uh, you got analog or digital. I try to steer churches away from digital for a couple reasons. Digital consoles are going to cost more money right, up, right out of the gate. They're going to require more maintenance. It's, it's like a phone. They push out updates every six months, every year on digital consoles. And there's times where consoles, companies will push out updates during church service times. Also with, with digital, there's a huge learning curve with, with digital consoles. They're trying to take big format consoles and make them as small as possible. And so that's one of the advantages of digital, but there's so many layers and pages and you can get lost real quick. Now, I'm, I want people to know that for four years now, I, I've been running a digital at, at Southwest. It took me 15 years to be willing to make that switch. The reason why we made that switch was, well, a little backstory. We took a lightning strike and, and wiped out our mixing console. And so I was going to get a new one in, in the analog format. And the company came and told me, they said, in four years, we're going to be discontinuing this, this series. We're, we're wiping it out. We don't sell enough of them. We'll maintain parts for another four to five years and that's it. Well, nine to 10 years, you shouldn't have any problem with a mixing console for nine to 10 years. So I figured that when we start needing service, when, when we're going to start needing service on this console, we're not going to have people to service it. Also, the person that comes in behind me at Southwest is probably going to be a lot younger than me and will have been raised more on the digital side. Our console costs $27,000. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. So it, it, it it was, it, it's the top of the line. It's the queen of the fleet for Alan and Heath. But I still, to this day, try to try to steer churches away from doing digital, unless if they can answer a series of questions. And I'm getting ready to shoot a video on my YouTube page, just talking about the pros and cons between analog and digital. And, and I try to get churches to answer a series of questions before they make the leap to, to digital. So I'm not against them, but Going back to the whole mindset of treating your, your sound system, your mixing console like a musical instrument, if there's a big learning curve 
on the mixing console and people are more timid or like, I, I don't understand this, they're going to be more apt to be hands off. Digital's just going to have a lot more issues to work, work through, but I do believe it is the way of the future. I mean, co uh, companies are constantly discontinuing analog consoles. Allen and Heath still maintains uh, two, two series, uh, uh, MixWizard and then a Z series in their analog. And so I, I use a lot of those in churches um, that, that are, are smaller churches that, that don't need all the bells and whistles of digital. So that's electronics. What about, what about speakers? Speakers, uh, yeah, that's the output transducer. The sound we hear is air moving in, in, in space. So I had a video lined up uh, to where we're going to take a tour of one of the biggest pipe organs in Oklahoma City, and then COVID hit. So that tour's been on hold. But we're going to go to the basement of the church and look at the, the genesis of that air being sucked into these turbines and billows and run through these massive pipes into the different chests and then throughout the ranks of the organ. Uh, so we're, we're going we're gonna to do a video on it, and that's going to show how sound works. But basically, you boil it down to the nuts and bolts. It's air moving. So air just just vibrating from our mouth, from our from our voice box, and it's vibrating an eardrum in our ears, and so an eardrum is is like a microphone diaphragm. So it's just vibrating. So if you think about middle C on the piano, that's about 260, 261 hertz. So what that means is your eardrum is vibrating 261 times a second. Here, middle C on the piano. So. There's a lot of science and math in designing an uh, uh, auditorium or designing speakers for an auditorium. You got simple, just uh, full range speakers that will do our 20, 20 hertz to 20,000 hertz. Uh, you got two way, three way, four way. You got subwoofers, you got placements. I mean, there's so much that we could talk about with speakers, but basically, you need to get the sound pointed where you're trying to put the sound. A lot of times people will, will have speakers misaligned and, and just throwing sound at walls and creating unnecessary early and late reflections and muddy, muddying up the sound. Also, there's a movement of trying to make speakers smaller and smaller, which, which I get. It's like people are saying, this is 2020. Why can't we have speakers that are invisible and, and we just all hear stuff? Well, they're trying to do that. But what they're failing to take into consideration is the physics of how sound works. So we'll never, we'll never be able to do what, what people are wanting to do, but we're getting closer of making stuff smaller. But as we make sound, as we make boxes smaller, we're sacrificing the quality or we're sacrificing how the wave, the sine waves, the wavelengths leave the speakers. Um, I did a, um, a consultation at a wedding venue in, in Oklahoma, and the architect didn't want any speakers to be shown in this wedding venue. I'm just, it's a gorgeous building. So they put speakers down each side of the walls, down the, down the wedding venue, and they were speakers that were designed to be background music at restaurants or hotels. And so they actually put them in the wall, and then they put a piece of paper over them, and then the sheet rockers would float mud over, over the speakers, and so you wouldn't see them. It's a cool idea for background music, but here was a wedding venue trying to create a picture-perfect venue, but trying not to have any speakers shown, and it literally sounded like this. You couldn't understand. You couldn't mm. understand what people were saying. It sounded so muddy, and it was a beautiful highly reverberant room. So I came in there and I, I showed them, this is what I would do. I didn't get the bid to redo it because again, they didn't want speakers to be shown. 
So, so speakers are a very important part of, of the sound system. So having the right speakers pointed at the right angle is so important. So, so from that, we talk about room acoustics. In this MRI, I, I briefly talk about uh, like ancient Greece and the Acropolis, how you'd have venues outside that were two, three, 4,000 seat venues, no sound systems, and people could hear you. You, wow. Using amphitheaters, using using physical like wood and and physical uh, devices to be able to reflect sound out uh, like a band shell. In Bible college, I remember just a big debate on why did Jesus go out on in a boat to 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 address the multitude. Well, a lot of people believed he was using the natural amplification of the area that he the was acoustics. In. Yeah. So we're in this we're in this day and age where hey, we'll build an auditorium, we'll build a venue, and then we'll put sound in it later. And so one of the things I tell churches, if you're going to build a building, if you're going to renovate a building, the very first thing that you should have in your back pocket is a sound contractor or an acoustician to help guide you through the process. Room acoustics are so important. If you have, ever have a chance to build an auditorium or to, or to renovate your auditorium, make sure you understand that we assemble to here. It's an auditorium. People can be very forgiving with, with graphics that are off or a glitch in your PowerPoint or whatever, they're not going to be forgiving with sound. And so I don't, I don't ever want people to walk into our church or any church that I've, I've helped. I don't want people to leave and say like, it was a waste of my time. I couldn't hear. Oh, what a slap in the face. Uh, our ears are the vehicle by which most of us would receive the, the preaching, the teaching, the mm -hmm. gospel, right? I mean, there are other vehicles as well, but by and large, we're going to hear it. And especially at a church service, that's so important. And that, that, that leads to the last point uh, of the six fundamentals, the ear. So the first one is voice, second one is microphone, third is electronics, fourth is speakers, fifth is room acoustics, sixth is the ear. And that's where everything comes to, comes to a point, comes to a head. And if you can't hear, if you can't understand, then, then why are you there? And what, what makes it even harder is, like I was saying earlier, everybody has conversations with everybody every day. So everybody already has a natural bias to what it should sound like. And if it doesn't fit that bias really quick, then people are be like, I'm not going to pay attention or, or this is too loud. This is too soft. It's too muddy. It's too bright. It's too harsh. It's too weak, whatever. And then on top of that, you have different type of hearing. You have people that have been in the factory that have just destroyed their hearing. And so it's like, well, it sounds fine to me. And a lot of times those are the sound guys that, that can't hear the details that they need to hear. You got, you got elderly that are starting to lose hearing where they start to lose hearing. They, they don't typically start to lose their hearing on their overall volume. They start to lose their hearing between two, three, and 4,000 hertz. That's where we understand our, our consonants the best. So they start, they start to lose hearing where you, get, where you hear your in intelligibility. You have, you have younger people that are like, yeah, turn that up. I want it louder. And then, and then getting back to speakers, if you're in the throat of a horn, that's the brightest sound that you'll mm -hmm. ever hear. And so the throat of the horn is going to be very few seats in the auditorium. So with your, with your speakers and then your rooms and your room acoustics and then your ear, there's so many different factors that, that play into getting people to hear. So that's from the beginning and the end. That's from the voice to the ear. That is so helpful. And man, brother Jude, this is so much information and this could be overwhelming like man yeah. this is so much info what do uh -huh. i do with all this but going back to something you said it, it sounds like if there's any place to start for for a church to begin upgrading it it sounds like it would be the microphone mm -hmm. that's where yeah. where you think they should start blindly that's what i would say now i mean 
that, that's a really hard decision to try to make when you don't know whether what their equipment's like or what their room's like. Maybe their biggest need is, is acoustic panels on the back wall to, create, to stop that slap back from coming back in the auditorium. But typically what I've found is, is churches will have a $25 microphone that says realistic on the side or Radio Shack or, or, or something like that. The company that we use heavily called Amazon, it's a blessing. Right. Okay? Yes. It's, it's a blessing, but they've allowed, they've allowed and, and, and I'm not, not blaming them, but they've, they've allowed so much junk to come into our country, N- not junk in a bad way, but bringing stuff in that that's not of a good quality. So you got all these companies that are trying to copy name brands and audio and they're, they're sacrificing the sound to get a cheaper price point and to get the bottom line or get the sale. So churches will go on to Amazon and they'll say, oh, I can buy four wireless mics for $165. Why wouldn't I? buy four wireless mics. Give me one reason why. Well, most likely you're not going to get the performance that you're thinking out of it. And then greater than that, you're probably not going to get the sound out of it that you want. So most of the churches that I've done work with over the years have had a poor selection of corded or cordless microphones. If a guy is getting ready to start renovating sanctuary, so wants to take into account, right? I'm in a church building. I want to keep the fidelity of sound high. I, I want to produce something really good, but I don't know. I, mean, I don't have the 19 years of experience that you have. I don't have that kind of stuff. Where would I go to maybe find out more, to hire somebody? I mean, where, where would I even start for those kind of things? Okay, so I'll start with this. My company, Audio Buff. So I, I'm saying that carefully. Uh, I stay incredibly busy with, with my company, AudioBuff, and, and we, we've been coast to coast helping, and, and I love it, and I hope that we can do more. But, you know, in Oregon, um, it's going to take a while for me to get to Oregon. Uh, right. we, we, did a, we did a big road trip about four years ago. We hit six churches in the Northwest in like eight days. I mean, we had, we had stuff drop ship there. We drove. I mean, we just boom, 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 boom. And that was phenomenal. And I hope to start setting more of those up like where we hit this region and we just go. Uh, I'll be in um, Phoenix, Arizona, probably the end of the summer. I, I was just in El Paso. I've been in New Mexico. We've been in Missouri. We've been in Texas, Oklahoma. So that's just been all around the last couple months. Okay. But audio buff may not be the answer for doing service work or renovation work. So if you're looking for a company, don't look to see who has the brightest, the flashiest website, find who's been in the industry for a while, find who's yeah. been in the community for a while, go and interview people in churches, like say, Hey, can, do you mind if I come in and just look at the equipment? Do you mind if I just ask you some questions? Like how, how was the install? How did it go? Are you happy with it? Does it sound good? Do you mind if I listen to it? Can I have my wife come in and sing? Uh, or can she play the piano and stuff like that? And you'll find out real quick if, if that audio contractor is going to give you what you want. Okay. So most of the time, these audio contractors are thinking, oh, this is a church. So it's going to be laser lights, fog machine, subwoofers, and a really loud sound system. Well, that may suit the bill for some churches, but most of the churches that I work with, that's way overpriced and then way overkill. Yeah. So, so if, if you're going to look for somebody in your local area, make sure you heavily vet them. So then what about if I would like to get my sound guy my sound pastor to have some, some, maybe some more training and trying to produce something that's a little bit more excellent. Is there training available? Those kind of things. What, what would you recommend for that? 
Thomas, thank you for asking because uh, I just happen to have a YouTube channel called Audio Buff. It's, it's a miracle that I'm even on YouTube, okay? I, I'm not anywhere on social media and it's, I don't even know, I mean, I, I know how to tell people to subscribe, but I don't even know where you click the little bell to ring. I haven't even figured out where that's at yet, okay? So, I mean, okay, so let me just say, if you get to my YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe and you hit the little bell to notify you. But anyways, I got a YouTube channel called Audio Buff and I wanted to do this for years but but just didn't have time and and finally I got frustrated enough to where churches of our style and flavor there's just not information readily available on the internet. You you go you go to you go to websites, uh YouTube channels um and you'll find a lot about about rock concerts, praise and worship, I'm just, just stuff like that. And and it will discourage a young sound man, maybe not physically young, but young some somebody that's trying to learn. They're like, oh, that's great for a big church, but that doesn't fit me. So so what I'm trying to do with with uh, with the Audio Buff uh, YouTube page is trying to create content where you can send your sound men, your sound women, your sound technicians. You you can send them there, and they can learn the fundamentals of audio. They can learn the principles behind what we do, why we do it, and and. My goal is a new video every two weeks, but the the I try to shoot these videos at a, at a high quality of, of of audio video and then just information. So it takes a lot, and we're just so busy. So I'm constantly shooting video wherever I go, whatever I do. But that that's what I'm hoping to accomplish is be able to make a resource for Thomas for you to send your sound people. Say go to Audio Buff on YouTube and just start learning. So I've started a series in that channel called sound advice. And so it's just, just me giving you, if, if you're interested in my style of sound, if you're interested in the equipment that I use and why I use it, you're going to learn why I use what I use. I know that this content that you, that we've covered today, you even have a, an entire video on this on your YouTube mm-hmm. channel. I think it's entitled the 2019 MMRI, but in that you cover the six fundamentals of live sound and you go through all those, but you go through them in more detail, even mm-hmm. that we've covered here yeah. today. And you go through them, you have some graphics, some different, Im- uh, you know, images that are, were super helpful when I watched that video and helping me. I mean, honestly, just, I, I came away more intelligent about even how sound works. We're, we are going to direct people to that at the bottom in the show notes, we will have a link to that, uh, that exact video so that people who want to learn more, see some of those graphics, understand some of that, they can go straight to that. And while they're there, they can subscribe as well. So and push the bell, push, push the, bell. the bell. It's I important bell. on these days. I'm going to yeah. find out where it's, where it's at. Well, brother Jude, it, any closing remarks? Life is live. It's not syndicated. So we got, we got one shot to get this right. There may be a family that walks into your auditorium on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night or even a Wednesday or Thursday, and they may be ready to call it quits in their marriage. They may be ready to send their kids away. They may be ready to start drinking or, or, or some sort of other heinous act. And you, don't, you may not know that, but your sound system is going to be the only link in your auditorium that's going to help the preacher and the singer and the song leader communicate from the platform to their ears. And so if, you're, if your sound system or your sound people, your sound technicians are ill-equipped for that task, that couple, that family may walk out not hearing or not getting 
what they were looking for or what they needed. So, so I try to have a great time running sound, but when, when I sit down and when it's, when it's three minutes out, when it's one minute out, I still get nervous because it's like at our church, there's a lot riding on everything that I, Jude Buffington does. I'm not prepared if I get the mix wrong, if I'm too loud, if I'm too soft, if it's too muddy, if I'm not prepared for a transition, I could ruin the whole section of a service in one fell swoop. So if your sound men, sound women, sound technicians aren't ready or your system's not ready, it may help seal the fate for somebody that, that you don't even know about. So life is live. It's not syndicated. We, we don't have the opportunity to do a redo. We, we can come back next week and try to clean up the mess and try again, but you'll never get that service back that maybe there are some mistakes in there. Yeah, that's deep. That's good, Brother Jude. It's a help. Sure. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for taking the time to record with us. I appreciate that. Good to be a help, I think. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for asking me. Thank you so much for the Well, I know I have benefited greatly from this content, but here's the thing. Brother Jude has so much more and goes so much deeper on his YouTube channel. So I know you're going to want to go there. So if you go to YouTube, search audio buff, you will find his YouTube channel there. Just go ahead and subscribe. You're going to want to do that. You're going to want to stay up to date on the latest content. And we will have links to all of his, his information at the bottom in the show notes as well. If you want to join us, we are on Facebook. You can find us facebook.com backslash not the pastor and we'd love to hear from you on that platform join the conversation that we're having there it would be a good time then also we want you to rate us and review us on the podcast platform that you use so please please do that tell us what you enjoy about the show if there's something that you say hey you could do this better we want to know that as well but man we we sure would like some five-star reviews from you that'll just make us feel nice and warm and fuzzy but it'll also help get this content in front of more listeners and, and we're convinced that this will be a help so please do that please subscribe please rate us and review us and we sure appreciate it until next week this is not the pastor 